Well, good morning. Most of you, most of you don't know me, but um, I'm really very pleased to be here. And you probably have all kinds of questions. Who is this guy? Uh, we don't know him, and I, I understand that. I really do. Uh, so let me begin by, by starting out uh, telling you a little bit about who I am. Uh, my name is Armin Summer, and my wife's name is Nancy. Nancy, where are you? Oh, there she is. Nancy, you want to stand up just so people can see you? We've been married for 42 years, and we have two grown daughters who live in Colorado Springs. We just came back a couple of days ago from Colorado from having Thanksgiving there. And we have five grandchildren who live out there. Uh, yeah, five. Yeah. Wish there were more, but you never know. So I keep on encouraging my kids, you know, and they're, they're like, ah, you're praying against us. No, I'm praying for you, praying that your tribe may increase. And uh, Nancy, by the way, uh, works in our children's ministry. She teaches Sunday school to three-year-olds, and she is also the two-year-old teacher for our mothers of preschoolers' children, uh, that ministry. So she is actively involved in ministry. I also want to introduce to you uh, Tim and Sherry Leonard. And Tim and Sherry, if you'd stand up for a moment, I'll tell you a little bit about them. Tim is our executive director. Uh, he is really functions in a pastoral role. His wife, Sherry, uh, is, uh, really leads our Celebrate Recovery ministry. She is one of the principals in our international ministries team, our missions team, uh, and she's also uh, heavily involved with women's ministry as well. So uh, Tim is probably the, one of the people, one of the people that I trust most in all the world. Uh, I trust his wisdom. He and I are like opposites personality-wise, which makes us really a good match. <laughs> I, I, hope you, I hope you agree with that. Anyway, you, you guys can sit down. Uh, so let me tell you a little bit about uh, my own personal view of ministry. I really believe in the value of partnering together with people. In fact, there's a passage of Scripture, do we, if we can show it on the screen. Do we have the PowerPoint that I, the very unskilled PowerPoint, do we have it on the monitor back there? No? No, that's all right. It's okay. You don't need, you don't, don't worry about it. I've got it on my iPad here, so I can, I can actually see it. There's a passage of Scripture that you may know. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. That's not just a slogan with me. Uh, if, you, if you know anything about how Grace Church runs, uh, you'd know that that's a philosophy. It's not just a philosophy. It's an attitude. It's a way of doing ministry that we've been doing at Grace for some time. We really believe in partnering together. It's not, uh, I'm, not a, I'm not a dictator there. I, I am the senior pastor, but I rely heavily on the teamwork and the sense of, of camaraderie that I enjoy with the folks that are on our team. Uh, so two are better than one. That's a good verse for, for framing our, our discussion today, my little presentation to you. Let me give you a little bit of the history of grace. Grace is actually older than your church is, not by much, but it's, it's, really, about, it's really about the same age. We were, we were actually a church plant uh, from a church in Mount Olive Township back in 1888. 
And for many years, Pastor Raymond Crawford, some of you may remember him, Pastor Ray Crawford was, was the pastor and in many ways my mentor. Uh, I, I came, uh, he, he was there for 40-some years, had retired, and then when I eventually came in 1984 as the senior pastor, I was really the only pastor at that point, I had not yet turned 32 years old. So you can imagine how very stupid I really was. I, I, didn't, I, I, I thought that because I had master, a master of divinity that I really had mastered the divine. And, and it took me, uh, it didn't take me very long to realize that I hadn't. Uh, even though I had served on staff for five years at a church down in Manahawkin on the Jersey Shore for five years, uh, it, I realized very quickly how much, how much I had yet to learn. And I'm still, I'm still learning many things. I don't look at myself as being an expert or as having arrived in, in, any, in any ways. One of the things that drives me, and in fact, my life vision is tied up around two things, my life, my, my life mission, and you don't see it on the slide, but my life mission, and I have it written in my Bible here, wrote it there decades ago, is effectively to communicate the gospel of Jesus Christ to every successive generation and to raise up men and women who will be able to lead when I no longer can. And so that's one of the things that energizes me uh, in my ministry. And I feel very, very grateful for the way that God has given me the opportunity to do that. Uh, one of our pastors who was on staff, uh, eventually, who I thought I was grooming for my position, ultimately went out and, and took a little tiny struggling church out in the Chicago area and did an amazing work, still there. And I went on, had the privilege of speaking at his 20th anniversary. His name was Ray Kolbacher. Uh, he was our youth pastor for six or seven years at Grace. But now he's been in Chicago for, I think, 25 years now. Then Pastor Roy Gruber, some of you may have known him. He was on our staff at Grace. And when God called me to Colorado Springs to pastor a church for 11 years, he took over at Grace and just... It was one of those experiences. You always want to know that you're loved and missed and, and, and somehow feel essential. You ever feel like that? Like, you know, like when you leave someplace, you want to feel like people missed you? And so I had this dream that Grace, after I left, that they would go into a dip and they would kind of claw their way out of it over a period of two or three years. That didn't happen. Roy took the church and did things that I never would have been able to do. And so in a lot of ways, uh, everything that I've been able to experience over the last 12 years having come back, uh, nearly 12 years having come back to Grace, are, are really largely a tribute to much of his leadership. Uh, during his ministry back in 2002, uh, Breakpoint Church began. Uh, that was a plant from, from Grace. And then I came back. Uh, I remember writing in my journal, uh, in my prayer journal, in, on July 16th. In fact, I was just looking at it last week. July 16th, 2006, I wrote in my prayer journal. I have this funny feeling that grace is going to call me back. And two days later, they did. And uh, much to their 
hopefully to their spring forth of eternal joy, I hope, anyway. But, uh, and then it was about five years ago that Pastor Shagun, who has been on our staff for a long time, began, Pastor Shegun Ayabusi, he's Nigerian, tremendously gifted communicator. He began our 6 p.m. service, which now is, is one of our four worship services. He's a tremendously gifted communicator. I'm sure you'll, and I hope that you have the opportunity to meet him and to experience his teaching. He is, uh, he really is gifted. Uh, what, if you, if you had to, to summarize our vision uh, in one sentence, at Grace over these past years, it's been to raise up generations of families that are built to last. And uh, we realize that uh, families have changed over the years, and there are many people who are single. There are many people who, uh, for whatever reason, may have never married. They They may have gone through a divorce, or they may be at a point in life where they're alone. And so we really strive for Grace Church to be their family. That, that is our vision statement. I gave a little bit of our personal... Have you already, I already talked about my personal history. I'll summarize it just... If, you look, if we show the slide with my personal history, Nancy and I were married in 1976. I went to Denver Seminary, graduated in 1979. Feels like a long time ago. It is. Um, Manahawkin Baptist for five years. Then I, I came to Grace in 1984 for the first time for 12 years then left to pastor Pulpit Rock Church in Colorado for 11 years, and then in, a, in what is really a very unu- rather unusual thing, came back and have been back for 12 years. And Grace has been, in a lot of ways, my sweetheart church. I remember sitting in at The Hungry Farmer. Nancy, remember I was talking to you about this? Uh, which was a restaurant on Garden of the Gods Road in Colorado Springs. And, I, and there was a... a, there was a an older missionary by the name of Jim Cook, direct descendant of Captain Cook, and not, not just one generation, but many generations after. But he was a godly man. And he, I remember him asking me, how are you doing? And, I, and this was like a year or two into my ministry at Pulpit Rock. And I said, you know, I, just, I, I still grieve and miss the church that I, that I left in New Jersey. And he said, well, that was your sweetheart church. But he said, you're going to have to get over it and move on because you're never going back. <laughs> but you never know what, what second chances God's going to, going to put into your life. And, and God did that with me. Uh, and I'm, I'm very grateful. So anyway, here's the big idea. One of the things that, I, that, that characterizes my, my teaching is that I always share a big idea. And I learned that from Haddon Robinson, who had been uh, the chairman of the, of the homiletics preaching department at Dallas Seminary. He had come to Denver, and he was my mentor in many ways. And here's the big idea I want to share with you. Uh, we will be better together. That is the idea uh, that energizes me in this whole process. There is something that Grace Church needs that you provide as a people, and I'm not talking about your facility or anything like that. I'm just saying that you people provide, and there's something that, that, that you need that grace will provide uh, as, as a unified family together. But I really do believe that we will be better together. And, of course, the operative question there is how. And there are really three words that form the guts of, of this assertion that I make, 
and that is that I, th I really do believe we'll be able better together to establish, engage, and expand. And let me explain what each of those, the significance of each of those words. And these were largely the result of our Catalyst team, a group of 14, 15 people from around our, our congregation who came together under the leadership of the center, and which I, who I knew you're familiar with, very helpful to us. And we realized that one of our great needs is, is to more effectively to establish people in the faith. In other words, define and provide a clear discipleship pathway for them. Uh, because discipleship is one of those areas that we need to make more clear. And so that, that's energizing us. And then that second word, to engage, we recognize that, that we want to engage each person, each family that comes into our church in a very integral way where they, where they really feel like grace and the church at large is, is their home and that they fit, and that they can find a place where they fit. But not just the people who walk in through the doors, but as we look at the, at the cu culture around us that is rapidly changing, we realized when we did a study of a 12-mile radius of our ministry area that one in five people are from a Latino background, a Hispanic background. And so that's one of the reasons uh, why we were energized to begin a Spanish ministry, which you guys have already already been doing. You you guys really helped us. Did you know, I don't know if you knew this. You helped us and advised us in how to start an English as a second language ministry. So, thank you uh, for that. And then uh, also, we realized, uh, and this is something that has been part of of Grace's the ethos of Grace for years now. We've been talking about it. We've, we want to expand the footprint of gospel ministry here in northern New Jersey. And so we've, we've tried to do that and been successful in some ways. In some ways, we struggle to do it. But we realize that as we, as we look at Bethlehem Church and what you are and where you are, this will enable uh, really both, uh, both churches... Uh, in, in their meshing together to expand that footprint in a way that might not otherwise be possible. And really, if, if you were to think about it, the, 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 my heart's cry is together to see more people coming to know Jesus, growing to maturity in Christ, uh, engaging in ministry together, and expanding the gospel and the, really in the territory that, that the Lord has entrusted to us to see your friends and neighbors and family members and people that you may not even know yet come to know Christ and to, be, and to become productive, um, productive members of the body of Christ. So those are, the, those are the three words that are really important to us. And I, and I do believe... I'm convinced that we will together be better able to establish, to engage, and to expand. Um, then, uh, it's really like, I guess the analogy that I would think of that, that, is, that most fits, that best fits 
this, this whole thing, and I, and I realize uh, it's like, I remember, I remember when I was facing my wedding day. Do you remember that? When, not mine, but yours, all right? For those of you who are married. You, you, you see this woman that you've fallen in love with or this man that you've fallen in love with, and you know that that's the person for you. But then you think about the fact, like, okay, there are going to be all kinds of obligations here. I'm not going to be able to go hunting the way I used to go hunt. I'm not going to just be able to leave in, on a moment's notice. I, I, I'm, this is a, there's a commitment thing here. There are some costs to it. There are going to be some times where getting used to one another is, going to be, is not going to be easy. You, did you have that happen in your marriage? <laughs> Come on, really? Yeah, I think you did. And I remember when my, my wife had to get used to and she had to train me about where to put my laundry, things like that. You understand. Um, so there, whenever there's a marriage, there, there are adjustments. But... What I am convinced, as, as you might see on the slide if it's up there, is that uh, I've discovered that the benefits of my marriage to Nancy far outweigh the cost that either of us has borne. And my hope and my, my vision, my expectation, is that if, if you decide to proceed with this, and, and Grace does, and, and you do have a choice, I realize that this, isn't, this is not us coming in and saying, oh, you have to do this. This really is a choice that's, that's up to you, just like a marriage. But I do believe that the benefits uh, to both of us and to the, uh, what we can become will be, will be worth the cost. I really do. And so finally, again, I, I repeat that big idea that I do believe we'll be better, we'll, we will be better together. And so I want to close with a little bit of an invitation for you. And that is uh, that on Christmas Eve, we've got a really cool Christmas Eve service that's going to take place. Uh, I'm, I love our Christmas Eve services. One of the things that we will do is we'll, we'll meet on Sunday night as a Christmas Eve Eve. Some people travel but really want to have that, that warmth of being able to be part of a Christmas Eve candlelight service. It is a, a pretty traditional in many respects. There's a lot of singing of, of Christmas carols. There's lighting of candles. Uh, it is, uh, it's exciting in a lot of ways. Kenny has planned a remarkable uh, program. Kenny Stearns, our worship director. Uh, it's, it's, it's going to be an amazing time. And then one of the things that I frequently do and that I've done this year is I write an original story that's based on Scripture uh, with biblical characters, and I really basically recite an original story that I've written. And this year it's going to be Through the Eyes of Joseph, uh, entitled The Doubter. And so on December 24th, we'll have the same as the 23rd, except the times will be 1, 3, 5, and 7. Child care is available for those uh, with uh, preschool children. And we'd love to have you come. So anyway, uh, I, I preached twice this morning. I probably went longer than I was supposed to go, but I, I really felt like I, wanted to, like I wanted to come and talk to you and just let you get to know me a little bit, to meet my, my lovely wife, Nancy, who, and we're going to stick around. Uh, one of the things I always do is, uh, so I got a letter from uh, uh, a girl 
a woman who had been a part of our church in Colorado Springs just a couple days ago. And in it, uh, she's been through all kinds of things, but she said, the thing that I always remember is that I ended with a biblical benediction, which I always do. Uh, and there's a reason why I do it. It's because it's authoritative. And uh, Scripture, I believe that Scripture is authoritative. It is inspired. It is inerrant. And so it speaks to people in her need. And she told me about how that changed her life. And I was like, wow. I was like, really? So please stand. And I'm going to share the benediction that changed uh, what Christy Halverson said changed her life uh, in, in her email to me. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen and amen. Thank you. Yeah.